Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Chirpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right yeah I'm out house hunting trying to find a place to be yeah we can see uh for those who are watching the video we can see that you're still in the hotel so you still, still got flood hotel. issues yes oh my goodness so but we have an offer in on a house and it's been verbally accepted but we're, we've been waiting for you know almost 36 hours to get them to actually sign the offer wow. that's so, a really long time it is a very long time Travis might be able to tell me he's psychic. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's talk about our guest today. So today I'm, I'm really excited. Um, Travis Sanders is here and he is a psychic and a medium and he is part of the spiritualist church community. Um, and I actually went to a spiritualist church uh, when I was having my great awakening 20 years ago, um, you know, coming out of my divorce and everything. And I, I loved the spiritualist church. And so uh, when Travis contacted me, I was like, yes, please talk about that and that as a, as a, a spiritual path. Um, Travis has actually written a couple of books too. He's got one book called I Am Psychic, So Are You, which I love the title of. Um, and then the other one is called Practical Mediumship. So we'll probably end up talking to him about some, some uh, mediumship as well. Uh, as we go through this process, but welcome, Travis. I've I don't want to tell people everything. I want to let you talk. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So uh, you you grew up in the spiritualist church, is that correct? I kind of I actually grew up in the Pentecostal church. You and Kathy. <laughs> so so it was a bit of a transition. Um, I 
came into spiritualism in my late teens and wow. it was something that was incredibly transformational for me because I started working psychically mm, about 16 at psychic fairs. And uh, when I was around 19, a, a teacher came into my life who was a spiritualist. Her parents were spiritualists in the church. Her grandparents were spiritualists in the spiritualist church. And because I was Pentecostal, I didn't realize that um, like a lot of people who have more of a new age point of view, that spiritualism is an actual religion, that it, you know, there's a philosophy to it beyond just talking to dead people. And that really shifted my paradigm. And since then, I've become very passionate, not only about the philosophy of spiritualism and how it can comfort and, and help people, but also the history of it, because there's a very rich history behind it. Well, I'm excited to hear all about it because, uh, you know, when I went, I got some great messages um, and I found it to be a really welcoming community. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about the church itself. How is it different than traditional Christian churches? Most spiritualist churches, of which there are sort of different, uh, I guess you could say different denominations, um, whether you're in the U.S. or the U.K., there's always sort of a national church and then there's independent churches. So each church is going to look a little bit different. But any spiritualist church you go to is going to be very, most of the time, very similar to what you would expect from any sort of Protestant church. There's a lot of oftentimes Christian imagery. There's a little I guess you could say a sermon or a, a talk for a lack of better words. But the real, I guess, turning point that's different than a lot of churches is after the message, uh, mediums get up on the platform and give messages from the deceased to the congregation, which uh, most people would probably be pretty good for the first half. But if they didn't know what they were stepping into, might find that a little bit unusual. I, I have to tell you a funny story. Um, the first time I went to a, a spiritualist church, they they read the the doctrine at the beginning, right? They have this list of of things that they they say, I believe in this, we believe in this, we believe in this, we don't believe in that, blah blah blah, right? And and don't take this the wrong way. I love the spiritualist church, but I barked out laughing at one point because here we are dogmatically reading off this list of th of beliefs, and it says I don't believe in dogma. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh crap, I'm laughing in church. That's bad. <laughs> they didn't appreciate it. <laughs> but it was just, it was like, wait a minute, that's funny. You know, but nobody, nobody appreciated it. But the, the, the messages are amazing. Mm -hmm. the people who come through are amazing. There's also a, the one I went to, or the two I went to also had healing chairs. Yes. Yep. So talk about the healing chairs. So in, in spiritualist churches, most services will have a healing portion mm -hmm. and where what we call spirit healing um, differs a little bit than maybe things like Reiki or therapeutic touch is that with things like Reiki and therapeutic touch, we're sort of working with a universal energy. And oftentimes in the spiritualist church, we think of mediumship as simply giving a message. Um, but the mechanics of spirit healing in, is very similar in, in the way that we're sort of blending with the spirit world, except instead of using that blending to pass forward a message or evidence of life after death, um, oftentimes the healers are blending with 
what we might call spirit doctors or chemists or healers in the spirit world and sort of acting as a, acting as a medium or a conduit for healing energy for those who wish to receive it. So kind of like channeling. Yes, it's essentially channeling a, a spirit healer. Oh, very cool. I kind of do that a lot in my healing work. So, <laughs> so yeah, that that's really cool. I never did get a chance to take the classes that they were teaching there, but um they, they sounded interesting. I moved out of the area before I had a chance. Okay. Okay. So talk a little bit about the, the history, the, the doctrine, the, the belief structures. So spiritualism, most people, even if they're not necessarily familiar with spiritualism, are familiar um, with the Fox sisters when you talk about mediumship. Hydesville, 1848. There's the wrappings, and that kind of ignited this craze. of The wrappings? So... Uh, Maggie and Kate, the two youngest of the three Fox sisters, they were in their, their family home, their cottage. And what sort of happened were these knocking sounds. And those knockings turned into asking questions and eventually wrapping out letters of the alphabet to sort of establish uh, messages. And hundreds of people, and considering that this was the mid 1800s the fact that you could get 100 people let alone 300 people in one space was really sort of phenomenal um but it really ignited this this craze of spirit communication because this was civil war kind of time period people didn't live very long people wanted to know that their loved ones were okay and so it sort of developed over time into this movement called spiritualism, mostly at the hands of the oldest sister, Leah, who a lot of people want to portray as a little bit of a stage mom, which is probably a little bit true. Mm-hmm. The thing that I like about Leah is that even though they all, all the Fox sisters sort of had their flaws, was that she understood that this was more than just um, sitting around a table asking if someone was there, that life goes on after death. And and unlike other faiths, which say this is what we believe because this book or this doctrine says it, and you just take our word for it, here's what I believe, but now I'm going to demonstrate to you why I believe it. And that to me was something that really set spiritualism apart. We're not just asking you to believe on blind faith. Let us demonstrate for you and you can come to your own conclusion. That sounds awesome. Now, they did a lot of seances and stuff, right? Very much so. Um, The earlier stages of spiritualism, the mediumship that was experienced was more a physical mediumship. So when we think of people like Teresa Caputo and John Edward, you know, we're receiving those messages mentally and translating them and interpreting them. Physical mediumship was more objective. That took place outside the body. The medium had the necessary energies to allow different manifestations, whether it be voices or rapping, apports, which is when something appears in the seance room that wasn't there before. Um, there's so many different things, transfiguration, levitation. And then over time, it sort of became more mental and a little less physical, partly because physical mediumship, I think, takes quite a long time to develop. And we have like attention spans this big in this day and age. And then the other thing, too, is I think it was what was needed at the time. You know, we needed that in your face sort of thing. And as it became more accepted, then it sort of phased into more of a mental phase of mediumship. So can you define transfiguration for the listeners? I know that levitation is probably something they know, but that's probably a new word for them. Transfiguration is a process where when the medium is entranced, they sort of allow 
uh, a deeper blending of a spirit communicator to move into the aura. And it usually sort of coincides with trance speaking, whether it's philosophy or evidential messages. Uh, but what happens is a certain degree of ectoplasm is emitted from the body, and it allows the spirit communicator's likeness to almost be molded over top of the face of the medium who's entranced. So this is, um, they're, they're doing a heavy-duty version of channeling that's sort of semi-possession you could yeah you could look at it that way um it's it's such a close blending that it's almost like um two becoming one yeah and we can visually observe that when that happens it's like the possession with permission that we talked about before yeah that's a good way to put it yeah yeah so um presumably now when you presuming you've taken the classes at the spiritualist church right I've done training at Camp Chesterfield, um, which is a spiritualist community in Indiana, and um, also Lilydale Assembly, which I think more people are familiar with Lilydale than Chesterfield. Um, But some of my, like I said, my initial teacher, I guess you could call that, was a spiritualist. She was phenomenal trance medium. And I worked with her one-on-one for a few years. And then another medium that I've really gotten a lot out of, both in a formal class sense, but also just in having a friendship and relationship is a Lilydale medium named uh, Sharon Klingware. And uh, they've both sort of helped me immensely in my mediumship. So uh, one of the things that that we espouse a lot here on the show is safety first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, one of the things that we, we did an episode on channeling and we talked about, you know, possession with permission and things like that and being versus being ridden like in voodoo and things like that um <clears throat> which is permission based as well but different right mm-hmm. it's, it's you're gone right so it's an unconscious channel so the um the 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 type of, of mediumship that you're describing uh is one of those things that i would caution beginners about <laughs> because you know you merge that significantly with someone if you're not really clear who you are then you know separating can be challenging absolutely i think you know with with any aspect of mediumship you have to you have to have a firm grasp on who you are um, you have to have a firm you know knowing yourself is so important because that's where i think true discernment comes in and there may be people who are incredibly talented and gifted, but lack discernment. And then that's where things like mental illness can be exacerbated. That's very astute. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. um, so you do mediumship fairly regularly. Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, tell us a couple of ghost stories. <laughs> give us, give us a couple of stories. Um, well, you know, I don't. So when it comes to mediumship, Um, I think a lot of people have this idea of, you know, earthbound spirits and those in the light and things like that. I don't deal with any souls who aren't where they need to be. So my mediumship is pretty restricted to you come to me because you want to hear from your loved one. Not that I, you know, you might want to hear from Uncle Joe. I can't guarantee it's going to be Uncle Joe. But um, so if I'm in the office, the spirit world has my full attention. And if I'm not in the office, um, I'm pretty normal, you know, Um, which I think is a good thing to have those boundaries. But I have had some really phenomenal experiences in seance. You know, one example of that 
is um, my very first physical seance that I ever sat in. I knew from knowledge and learning what to expect, but I wasn't, I think, uh, experientially prepared for what was about to happen. And so we're in this seance room. It was a small group. It was very private about what they do, and they don't work you know, publicly. It's just a group. They've been sitting together for years and years. So we go into the room, the door's locked, um, all the lights get shut out. You can't see, you know, your hand in front of your face. And we're doing things like we're singing to build the energy and maybe doing some ohms and stating some intentions. And then the next thing you know, the um, spirit trumpets, which I can explain in a second for those who might not be familiar, in the center of the room, you hear them all start rattling. And then the next thing you know, they're up in the air and voices are coming out of them. And I'm conversing with these disembodied voices that aren't the other sitters in the room because I can hear them. And, you know, we're all sitting in very small quarters. Um, just it, it's something that your mind can't wrap, wrap itself around because it's not, you know, it doesn't work with physics that we know and the experiences that we've had. And then these lights started appearing in the, in the room in midair and dancing around and zipping around and, um, I knew what was potentially possible, but it, the experience of it was something that was very different. And I think that that was a, that was something that changed me because, and this is another thing that I really love about the spiritualist philosophy. If you examine any sort of culture and, and sort of uh, take a inventory about mm, 70% of people believe in life after death. If you were to, take those same people and they have some sort of an experience that's so profound that they shift from believing that there's life after death, which implies doubt, to I've had this experience that I know, that I know, that I know, then you live your life differently. Yeah, that's very true. You know, speaking as, as a medium as well and, and having talked to many people who have crossed over, I'm like, yeah. And I, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind exactly what happens on the other side. I have no concerns about dying. I am not worried about it at all. And when my friends pass, I'm like, hey, I'll see you on the other side. You know, right. <laughs> it's like, you know we, we'll, we'll sit and chat while you're, you know, at the funeral, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched my dad, like, make make all kinds of, you know, noises at his funeral so that was okay. you know i was like okay i'm just gonna pretend i don't see you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so i've been there yeah so that's that's cool that's really cool i and you know our my listeners our listeners love 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 to hear the stories so you know cool stories are always good so you're also a psychic yes so talk to me a little bit did you get that training in the spiritualist uh, path as well, or is that some from somewhere else? You know, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out where it came from because like <laughs> I, said, I grew up Pentecostal in the middle of a cornfield, you know, in, in rural Ohio. Um, and so it was just one of those things that was always there. And I assumed everyone saw things and everyone felt things. And it really kind of blew my mind when I put two and two together that, Hey, not everybody has, images in their head or sees figures or colors around people or whatever. I just assumed they all experienced the world in the same way. That's what sort of sent me in the direction that led me to spiritualism because I was like, I'm a freak. I'm broken. I need some answers. And so that sort of sent me on this journey of searching. 
the psychic part of what I do is such a, such a natural thing. Um, I always joke, you know, I could do it in my sleep or do it with my eyes closed because it was, it was just something that was always there. The mediumship actually didn't come until later. So the first few years as a reader, I was primarily geared towards working psychically because that's the only thing that I knew. And there had always been from the time that I was little, little experiences of spirit, but I never had a communication it was never a two-way street. And it wasn't until high school that that happened, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I told them to go away. I didn't want any part of it. I even ran to the other side of the country to get away from it. <laughs> and um, in 2012, I moved back to where I live in Ohio. And one lady contacted me, and she's like, hey, I've heard really good things about you. Um, I want to connect with someone. Are you interested? And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't really like this, but I'll try. I can't guarantee anything. And um, so we did. I went to her house and we sat and it was probably to this day, one of the most intense, profound connections that I've had with someone that had passed where the communication was so effortless. And even though I didn't want to do it, after that, it's like more and more people kept finding me and finding me for it. And eventually I said, okay, you win. And now I would say my clientele is about 50-50. Yeah. Many years ago, a friend of mine looked at me and said, you do realize that the dead are lined up to talk to you. And I was like, no, I hadn't realized that. I mean, they do come to talk to me periodically. She's like, no, no, no there's lots of them. And I'm like, oh, and she's like, you know, you could do the whole John Edward thing if you wanted to. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, I don't want. And it, and, and it wasn't because I didn't want to um, do mediumship because I'm perfectly happy to talk to dead people. Um, but I had worked for a medium as his, as his uh, receptionist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I saw how many grieving people he dealt with on a daily basis. And I was just like, I want my life to be surrounded by a little more joy than that. So yeah. it's, it's, I, I hats off to you that you do the work because it's, it's, it's big, it's big work. And, um, you know, I just want to, to give you props for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's um, yeah. it's definitely something that I wouldn't have picked for myself. And there are times where I get frustrated. And every time I feel like I'm at that final thread, spirit always does something to kind of bring me back to why I came to it in the first place. So I understand you've got something where you're doing like YouTube stuff and Facebook Live? Yeah. Every Wednesday I do at seven o'clock Eastern, I've been doing a pod, I guess you could sort of call it like a little pod class or online class for accessing the Akashic records. And so that's just going through however long it takes. Um, last week was the first one, but I do that from time to time because teaching is one of my favorite things to do. And so many times people physically or geographically can't be there. So before I did a series, it was a six or seven week series on developing mediumship. And then all of those end up eventually getting transferred to YouTube. So, you know, if you're interested in that or the Akashic Records, you can definitely tune into that or catch the playback at your convenience. Okay. And you're going to give us those links at the end so that we, and we'll put them in the show notes too, so people can find you. Yeah. Um, so you're making your living as a, as a medium and a psychic, right? Mm -hmm. How long have you been doing that? Uh, full-time, I've been doing this since 2012. 
2012. Okay, so since the uh, the the official end of the world. Yes, end of the world and the start of a whole new one. Start of the whole new one, right? Yeah. If you were to give some advice to our listeners about what you know, if they're thinking about trying to make a living doing this sort of stuff, what would you say to them? One of the biggest things is one: be sure that you're ready to make the jump. Uh, I, I see a lot where people. They take a class or whatever and they get excited and then they get out in front of their skis and then they feel like a failure when they need to go back into the traditional corporate world or whatever their job is. And so know that it's not easy. You know, there's always a hustle. You always have to be incredibly self-motivated, but it's so richly rewarding. The other thing too that I think is important for anyone in the metaphysical line of, of business is try to capitalize upon multiple streams of revenue. You know, don't, it's great if you have your one thing, but if you can convert that into podcasts or books or classes, uh, because there are going to be times when your readings are slow or your healings are slow. And so just save and look at different ways that that gift can be expressed to your target people. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, I would, I would add to that, make sure that you build your business while you still have your full-time job. Yes. And build it to the point where you can't do both at the same time anymore. And if you're not busy enough that you literally physically can't do both at the same time, it's not time to quit your job yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think that's incredibly wise. Yeah. So I, I see way too many people do exactly what you said, get in front of their skis. I haven't heard that phrase before, but it's, it's a perfect way of saying it where they, they dump their life and then they're, scrabbling trying to pay rent and it's very hard to be spiritual when you're in survival mode oh absolutely so it's one of the things that i warn people about a lot (laughs) very smart have you had any experiences where um you hit something that scared you honestly i've never hit anything that scared me okay i've i've had things that have shocked me shook me um but i've never had an experience with the spirit world that was dark or uncomfortable and i know that's not the case for everyone so maybe i'm just lucky i don't know um but i think too you know protected yeah yeah with you know the spiritualist philosophy everything is all about natural law and so my intent when i when i work with the spirit world is i want to work from a place of love because that's the only thing i want in return Mm -hmm. and i tell people because a lot of people watch these shows that are on tv and i'm like if you're going to go looking for the boogeyman you'll find what you're looking for. So just be sure that that's what you want to look for. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I do energy scans. Mm -hmm. So like I'll, I'll send a tendril of energy out and, and, you know, do my empathic thing with, with someone. Um, And I have been swarmed before um, by something that was attached to the other person. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's why I was asking because of the way that you're doing mediumship and, and things like that, I was like, hmm, that could that could have its own entertainment. <laughs> so you know, whatever you're doing is clearly working for you. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I take a really long time before I'll teach anybody how to do the energy scans is because you know you want to make sure you can protect yourself. So right. Joey, you've been awfully quiet over there. <laughs> Well, you guys have been talking. I tried to jump in a couple times, but I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> well, 
right. Do you have any questions for Travis, Joey? I was just going to ask how people can get a hold of you, Travis. What are some ways that people can reach out to you? I'm sure that they might have some questions for you or be interested in what you've got to offer. Sure. A lot of people, you know, most of the most of the people come through my website, which is just psychictravissanders.com. On Facebook, it's Travis Sanders Clairvoyant Medium. And, um, you know, if it's just... Uh, for, you know, for a service or whatever, it's probably best to go through the website, but I often love to just connecting with people to give them direction or insight, or sometimes people might come and say, Hey, I'm interested in learning this. And even if it's something that I don't specifically have a handle on, I know enough to say, this is the person you need to talk to, or these are the teachers you should look at. Uh, because, you know, I wish I had that when I was younger. Um, so if I can point someone in the right direction, I'm more than happy to. Yeah. I love that. Excellent. I, I knew a lot of that too. So I totally relate. All right. Is there anything else that either of you want to say before we go into wrap up? I just thank you for having me. I've had fun. I'm glad you, you reached out. Travis actually reached out to me and said, Hey, you should have me on your podcast. And you know what? He was right. <laughs> he certainly was. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So uh, this is this is uh, me saying, uh, you know what? I do have one message that I want to send out to people. Okay. Uh, just given the timing right now, and it's unrelated to our conversation, but people have been asking me in my program about this, and so I just want to put it out for the for the rest of you. Things are really hard right now. I things are taking like five times longer than they should. And it's like slogging through molasses to get things done and, and moving forward. And, and there's a lot of upheaval happening for people. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that you're not alone if that's what you're experiencing. Um, I'm not a, an astrologer, but usually these sorts of things are astrological. Uh, I just read a, a thing from one of my uh, mailing lists that I do, uh, Elizabeth Losey, I follow her as an astrologer and she, she was writing that Jupiter is finishing up in, or in its, uh, in its own sign and will be there only for one more week. And there's a lot of conjuncts happening and, you know, Venus and something where, yeah, you can tell astrology is not my thing, <laughs> but there are a bunch of conjunctions going on. So, Things are happening and, it, you know, her, her spin on it was that everything was going to get better soon. So, um, you know, it was all working in a particular direction and that, you know, it, things would look sort of like, oh, no, and then they would be okay. So if you're in the oh, no phase with me, <laughs> trying to get my house done, <laughs> you know, just just hang in there. It's breakdown before breakthrough. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. So that's my thought for the day. Do you, do you have anything to add to that, Travis? No, I think um, for a lot of people overall, 2019 has been very just chaotic. And I do really feel as we move into 2020, there's just more of a smoothness overall. And like, like you, I'm not an astrologer or numerologist. That's not my forte. But just intuitively feeling into it, it just feels much more manageable and like there's much more breathing room. So I think that we're just sort of at that last little bit and we just got to ride that out. So I appreciate everything you shared there. Awesome. All right, Joey, well, I think that's it. That's it. And very much thank you, Travis, for joining us here tonight. And thanks, everybody else. And that is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chat 
chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Travis Sanders, and you have been listening to Spirit Trippa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, so I leave behind a little fear. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.